glad you're joining us today. I'm Clint Bokelman, and I've got the honor and privilege to sit down with Teresa McMillan for the second time, and really looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Loved my uh, first interview with you, and really looking forward to this one. This is, I asked Teresa, I said, what would be a, a topic, if I brought you back, that you'd want to talk about? And uh, it sounds like it's a very spicy and hot topic in her life. It's uh, about fierce conversations and how to have those. And one of the things that is a, is a very characteristic uh, function on the world race and in our staff and on our missions trips is that we give feedback on a regular basis and it's welcomed, it's invited. And in some instances, we even require it, that you sit down and you're giving uh, constructive uh, and confirming, affirming feedback uh, to people. So I would love for you to introduce us today uh, to what does feedback normally look like in our culture here, and how does that uh, differentiate from having a fierce conversation with someone? Okay, so feedback on the world race is something that people would practice maybe six days a week where they sit down with their team, they give time to think about, hey, how can you look more like Christ or how do you look like Christ? And so we don't do petty things like you're slurping your coffee. We don't call people out on that, (laughs) but we just talk about, um, you know, how can you look more like Jesus? And that takes a lot of courage and people develop how to do that over the course of the race. We give examples of how they do or don't. Um, very specific. It's not vague. And then fierce conversations is almost a branch of constructive feedback, like how to really have a conversation with someone about feedback that they need. And so it could look like feedback, but it goes more into what is the current impact that it's having on you and on people around you and what are future implications, things like that. That's good. So for you personally, when did you start having fierce conversations with people? I learned a lot on the world race experience um, when they we kind of had to do it, <laughs> so we just had to do it. So that at that point, that's when I started, but Fierce Conversations is a book written by a woman named Susan Scott, who's not a believer, and she has a lot of wisdom. And so I read this book back in December, so it's only been a short period of time that I've been reading her material. How old is the book? Is it a new release? Yeah, it's probably in the last few years. And we're praying for her. Yeah, we're praying for her. So she needs a fierce conversation, too. She's not a believer. Um, So, yeah, I look forward to meeting her one day. And I have no doubt that you would be very willing to have that fierce conversation about her knowing Jesus. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So how did it feel at first to have these fierce conversations? And and then uh, I'd also like for you to... Give us an example of what, so what does that look like? And it can be one that you have had with someone or Mm -hmm. one that someone has had with you. Okay. Um, At first, I felt really nervous to have a fierce conversation with someone. I was always thinking of, you know, what could actually happen? They could stop talking to me or whatever. But then the more that I've done them, the more I've seen that it brings good fruit. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel that same fear anymore. It doesn't mean I'm never nervous about it, but I don't feel the same. About receiving a fierce conversation or giving a fierce conversation? Usually giving. Receiving, you don't know it's coming. <laughs> and then when you're like, oh gosh, what are they going to say? But I've learned to just stay at the table and listen to what people have to say. So it's good both ways. Can you yeah. give us uh, just an example? Of, and you can, it can be one of content that you gave to someone or a conversation that someone gave to you that was, you think it, it really had some teeth to it, that it was very constructive. 
Yeah, um, I talked with one person about their issue of gossip once, and I just said, "Hey, I've seen you know this be an issue with you." I gave an example, and the person started crying actually, and they said, "You know, this has been an issue since I was young, and no one had ever talked to me about it before." And she said, you know, I was just talking to one of my friends the other day and said, I want to be um, real in my conversations. And this conversation was actually real. Have you ever had a fierce conversation with someone and they, it didn't go well and they didn't receive it? Yeah, I actually did um, with a family member recently. And it didn't go well. And the person got really upset at me and hung up on me. And so we're fine now. <laughs> but I'm willing to let it get, get that bad. Um, even if it looks bad in the beginning. So so what advice would you give to someone that even as they're listening to this podcast, there's probably some names coming up in their, in their mind right now mm-hmm. that they would love to have a fierce conversation with them. Yeah. It could be an area of where they were hurt or where mm-hmm. they were rejected or where, and, it, and I'm, I'm even thinking, you know, family member or good friends, how do you help, what advice would you give to someone? How do you help them overcome the fear of thinking they're not going to be received, they're just going to be rejected? Can you give some advice on, on what you would give for an end game on something like that? Yes. And so the first thing I would encourage you to do is just come out from behind yourself and make the conversation real. Pray. So plan ahead, like when you're going to meet with them. That's try, good. Try to have it one-on-one. I find that God leads and sets up the most perfect doors. I needed to have a fierce conversation with one of my family members. And so I prayed, and that day they're like, hey, do you want to drive into town with me? I'm like, yep, thank you, Jesus. And so plan ahead through (laughs) prayer. And make sure you don't fluff it up too much. When you finally get the courage to talk to them, make sure you don't put too many pillows around it or feathers around it. You want them to walk away knowing what you wanted to address with them. So it takes boldness, and you have something to say to them. So take the courage to make that first step. So who would you recommend? So somebody's hearing this, they've never really considered having a fierce conversation. Who would you recommend that someone would start with to just start to be able to walk this out? Okay. The first thing I think you should do is start with yourself. Have a fierce conversation with yourself. Like, hey, Teresa, where are you lacking integrity? Where are you... Um, not speaking the truth, or where you, whatever the sin struggle is. First have it with yourself, and then you can have it with others. And that way you're really loving others the way that you would want to be loved. That's really good. Yeah. I have never actually considered having a fierce conversation with myself. I like that. Yeah. It happens (laughs) in my quiet times. I guess Jesus has fierce conversations with me, so... (laughs) I guess it's more realistic, but it's with yourself. She's not a believer, so the book talks about having it with yourself. But really, my most fierce conversations that deal with me, Teresa, are from God. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if someone that you feel that the Lord's bringing to mind mm-hmm. that you need to have a conversation with is someone that actually hurt you or caused some pain in your life? What mm-hmm. advice would you give for that? The first thing I would say is, like, don't come to the conversation with the story already all played out in your mind. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to say that, and then I'm going to say this, and, oh, I know that they're going to say that. Because people can feel that. And you don't come to the conversation with the blank slate. And so what you want to do when you're confronting someone that's hurt you is have a judgment-free zone and come to it willing to listen. 
I've decided in my life, your beliefs become your actions. So what you believe about the conversation will show. And I've decided that no one gets deported out of my life. Like everyone in my life is with me till death, till, um, till they die, basically. So we've all either done something wrong to hurt someone. And what would you want? How would you want someone to treat you is the question. So what if somebody that's listening to this right now was actually actually that person that did hurt somebody else? Yeah. How how would you advise them to initiate or instigate this this conversation mm-hmm. that they need to have uh, mm-hmm. for there to be some reconciliation in them from what they have done? Yeah. And then ultimately want to see the reconciliation in the other other person. Mm-hmm. I've heard of some pretty harsh uh, scenarios of where someone has has caused a lot of pain in someone's life and it was years and years and years later that they just lived with this on their conscience yeah. and finally uh, the Lord brought it to a place where it was found out and it was exposed yeah. and then reconciliation came and this other person is, it, the only uh, feedback that I heard back from them is they wished that this would have happened many many years ago mm-hmm. because of the freedom that they feel so what would you what advice would you give on uh, somebody having that conversation? And it's the person that hurts somebody yes, else. Yes, it's the person that hurts somebody else. Yeah, I would encourage that person in the same way to just make a plan, pray, and sit down with the person and have a face-to-face conversation. I did this with someone that had hurt me. It was a family member that had abused me when I was younger and prayed that God would just provide the right time, and He did. And addressed it, and they were like, oh, I thought you forgot. I thought you were um, too young at the time. And I really feel like that was more for their freedom. I had already forgiven them, but it was more for their freedom and their release. And so on the flip side, I would say speaking from the, you know, the perpetrator or the abuser or anyone that's hurt you, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They need to talk about it. I spoke on this one time at, a, at my church, and a 70-year-old woman came up to me, and she said, well, I just heard some good advice would be just forget about it. Just forget about your past. It's behind you. Sweep it under the rug. She was like, but when I was five years old, someone you know, had molested her. And she said, what, what do you think I should do? I said, is the person still alive? Yes, I think you should talk to the person. She wasn't sure exactly if it was an uncle or a neighbor. But I said, I think you should talk to them. I mean, here she is, 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, she's been living with us. And sweeping under the rug didn't work. And so for the perpetrator or for the person that was um, abused, either one can step up to the plate first. Yeah. It's actually very intimidating to even hear you talk about this. Yes. And so I love it that you're saying we need to lead with prayer and asking yes. Jesus to yeah. help us with this. Yeah. And then uh, would you advise someone that... that uh, they need to have this conversation with how how much advice would you give them as of consulting with someone else or running this past someone else or getting mm-hmm. some wisdom or advice about it about having the conversation before they have it yeah you might need some courage to even say does this sound right or i think bouncing it off of another christian would be wise make sure you pick um, who you're going to talk to carefully just because they could dissuade you from talking to the person bringing it to the light and um, walk Try to talk to someone who has confidence and boldness in this area. But yes, I think that's great because like, hey, what do I say? What do you think would be received well if I say this? Or mm-hmm. yeah, What if it's, uh, so how does this, the, the conversation look if you're having a uh, interaction with someone that's in leadership? That mm-hmm. in and of itself is intimidating. Mm-hmm. What's an appropriate way to have an honest conversation with someone in that place? 
I think in leadership and really with anyone, especially if it's a family member that was older or if it's just an older person in general that you would typically think to to want to honor, even honor them in confronting them. Have it be one-on-one, mm-hmm. just you and them together, mm-hmm. unless it's somebody that you know, you're know you afraid of, then do it in a public place, but still sit at the table with them one-on-one and be able to share with them. So I think a lot of people receive love when they're they're not intimidated by what other people would think around them. So it's good. And it sounds very Matthew 18 ish, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you want to talk about that for just a second? What the, just the principle of, of having a conversation with someone in the Matthew 18 context. Could yes. you speak on that? Yeah, sure. And so the Matthew 18 context is if your brother sinned against you first, go to your brother and try to reconcile. And if they don't listen to you. So if you've already confronted the person, they won't listen to you, they haven't changed, then it says bring a few others with you. And so then that could be your next step. And then if they still don't listen, then bring even more. Bring your senior leader or your pastor um, to come into the conversation too. But what I found is that most one-on-one conversations work. People mm-hmm. change when they're confronted. Mm-hmm. So, And it, I just don't think it happens enough. Exactly. I just think that, that so many people have lost their voice or they're intimidated to actually want to spur somebody on to being more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just love your heart and I love the whole context of, of where this is at. And I love the context of our missions trips and our staff that it doesn't matter what leadership position that you're in. Mm -hmm. uh, Feedback is a part of our culture and it's welcomed Mm -hmm. to not only uh, build you up, but to also, if there's some, something that needs to be constructive in yeah. your life. You've got a group of people that are looking out for Jesus's best interests and your best interests in one another. Yeah. And so I love that. Anything else you want to share with us today about having a fierce conversation? Yes. Um, what I know is that one conversation with someone can change the course of a relationship. Yeah. And you can either have a failed or a missed conversation. And it's usually the missed conversations that are the most tragic. And so what I would encourage you to do is really have the boldness because that conversation could be the change in a great way for your relationship. Somebody that you've maybe walled or cut out, decided that that's going to be, you know, like we have the fight or flight mode. A lot of us choose to just cut people out of our lives or we fight with them. I've done both. Um, But we can actually have the fierce conversation and it can change the course and direction of your relationships. So, yeah, I would encourage you to be bold and actually have those. I just like the thought and concept of living without any regrets. Yeah. And that's one thing I'd love to encourage our listeners with. If there's, if the Lord's bringing anything to mind right now uh, in this area of where conversation needs to be had, uh, I, Teresa and I both encourage you uh, to consider to have that conversation versus the, I like the fight or flight, versus just the, the flight part of it of just ignoring it and yeah. of thinking it will go away like the 70-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord yeah. that... that uh, she didn't have to wait another year mm-hmm. for reconciliation to happen. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Hey, would you be willing to just pray for the people that are listening right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's, unless there's anything else that you wanted to add? Um, no, I think that's it. I would love for you to pray for our listeners and to just see if the Lord wants to bring to mind mm-hmm. someone that that uh, they could have their first fierce conversation with. Yeah. And I think that the thing that I want to encourage our listeners to is, is the fierce conversation almost sounds like it's it's going to be an embattled conversation, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's I think the fierceness of it is you're willing to fight for 
someone. You're willing to fight for a relationship. You're willing mm-hmm. to fight for another human being that the Lord would be bringing to your mind. So I'd, I would love for you to, to just pray us out today. Okay. Jesus, I thank you that you are not afraid to have fierce conversations, that you are willing to stay at the table with people. And so I pray that anyone that's listening and already knows, like grandma popped into mind, your uncle, mm-hmm. your babysitter, your best friend, yes, your Lord. teacher, your leader— that they will be willing to make a phone call and say, hey, can we meet up and sit across the table from someone and come out from behind themselves and make the conversation real Mm -hmm. so that we can truly be ministers of reconciliation that live what we believe. Mm -hmm. And Father, I pray that we will not deport anyone from our lives, that till death do we part, will we be in good relationship with God and man. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have never heard it said like that before, Teresa, that I actually think that uh, this is also an opportunity for any of you that are listening, that if you've made a vow to deport someone, Mm -hmm. I I, I have never heard it it said Mm -hmm. like that. And it's so powerful that that, uh, that's not going to bring us life. We think that if someone has, has hurt us or someone has, they've done some wrong in our lives, if we're... Knowingly or unknowingly, we have made a vow to deport them and to declare that we're never going to trust them again and we're mm-hmm. never going to let them in the proximity of our lives. And then I've even uh, even personally experienced that, that um, you know, we would even think that I'd even want God to forgive them yeah. uh, for what they have done, which uh, is not true. Uh, I remember one time when I was in uh, the Philippines and it was the first time that I had been uh, working in the trafficking uh, industry of where we were going into bars and giving girls an opportunity to have a option besides just having to do what they do every night. And I remember seeing the men that were the uh, the customers or clients, whatever you call these uh, these men mm-hmm. that are in these bars. And I was so angry at just the sight of this. And when I saw the girls, the first thing I pictured was my two girls that I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, those those girls have dads somewhere, and this is happening. And I remember walking back to my hotel just, oh, I was letting God have it. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, how can this? How can these men, they don't deserve your love, your forgiveness. They don't deserve any of your grace. And this thought came to my mind immediately. I was declaring that. I was I was so offended and so hurt by what those men were doing with those girls that this thought came to my mind that neither do you. Mm. And I was so overwhelmed with God's mm. love and God's grace. And so if there's someone that the Lord has brought to mind that mm. you believe does not deserve to be forgiven mm. or they do not deserve to be reconciled with you or with the Lord, I just want to encourage you that the weight that you're carrying around, you may not even acknowledge or realize how heavy that is. And it's actually an encumbrance mm-hmm. to your walk with the Lord. And, and uh, so, Teresa and I, we just want to encourage you today to have the fierce conversation and to be able to pursue what God has for you and what God has for those around you that can see and experience His love through you as well. So, thanks for listening today. We just um, appreciate your willingness to. Uh, chime in here and we just want to encourage you to be obedient and to do whatever the Lord is putting in front of you to do because I promise you it will bring you life and it will bring you freedom and you will experience his love. So we bless you guys. You guys have a good week. Bye.